Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show, which is now in its 14th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8pm on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web at www.3wbc.org.au. Here is a recorded interview first played on September the 20th 2019 by Ian Salick with Brendan Rice, a former Rotarian, about his involvement in Rotary and ongoing role on the board of Disaster Aid Australia, which Rotary supports. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show with Ian Salick right through until 8 o'clock tonight. I'm absolutely delighted this evening to welcome to the 94.1 FM, 3WBC microphone, a friend and a former Rotarian and a really hard-working contributor to the community, Brendan Rice. Brendan is a man who walks the talk. He puts in countless voluntary hours to help an organisation that is supported by Rotary. That organisation is Disaster Aid Australia. Listeners, Brendan Rice is a most interesting man and well worth hearing from. Brendan Rice, a very warm welcome to the Rotary Radio Show. Thank you very much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be on your radio show. Uh, Rotary has been a very important part of my life and I've enjoyed nearly every minute of it and I'm very proud of what Rotary is doing in the community. Well, thank you for saying that and I know that's very heartfelt. Uh, Brendan, before we talk about uh, your current work with Disaster Aid Australia, I want to find out a little bit about the man, which I like to do when I'm talking to my great raft of interviewees. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Alexandria which is in north eastern Victoria uh, and I grew up in a little town called Thornton eight miles away. I know it very very well. I think there's a trout farm very close to there. There is. I remember it very very well as a young bloke trying to catch trout in a pond which wasn't too hard. And was yours a large family? Well on today's standard it was Ian. I'm one of five. I'm the third. There were three girls and two boys. Well, uh, an interesting uh, family, a country family, and uh, that's what makes you the bloke you are. And I know you played a bit of football when you were a lot younger, and you were taken under the wing of the, the Melbourne Football Club, were you not? Yes, I was, Ian. We lived opposite the football club in Thornton, and I started playing there when I was only 14. Um, and then in 1961, we won a premiership, in the Warangah Northeast Football League, and I was recruited to Melbourne Football Club. I was very lucky that I was taken under the wing of fellows like Ron Barassi, Hassaman, Landman, Barry Vag, Michael Collins, um, Bluey Adams, and they remained friends and and still are. Unfortunately, Bluey died about two weeks ago, and Ron's not very well, but the others are still fighting fit, and we catch up regularly. How marvellous, and they are iconic names from the Premiership era too, the Melbourne Football Club, which they really are really deserving of again. Well, yes, they they were a very strong football club when in my days, and I was sort of earmarked to be playing league football in 1964. And in 1963, I was selected for the first game, and I have all things stood in a hole on the MCG. It was where they water the the garden, the uh, lawns. In those days, they just had a bit of wood that went over where the tap was, and the curator had forgotten to put it there and I injured my knee badly. 
and I never really played again. How unfortunate, because of course 1964 was the premiership year, was it not? Well, it was, it was, and there were th three young fellas going for two raving positions. There was John Townsend and Ken Emsall and me, and both John and Ken played in that grand final. Oh, what a great shame, what a, well, what it a shame. It was, Ian, but other things in life turn up, and I look back on my football career, and then I look back at my life, and I've gained more in my life after football. I met my wife not long after I left Melbourne, and we've been married for 51 years, and I've carved out a career which was reasonably successful and I've had a lot of fun working and helping through Rotary. You, you've had a, a good life and I know you carved out that career in real estate and you were very successful in it because we have a mutual friend that talks about you in that era as well. But how unfortunate that you didn't make that uh, premiership side but those things happen but you've still got some great friends from the football era and that's the most important thing in life, to have friends. Well, it is and you know, th those men, when I meet them, they treat me as though I was one of the players. Is fantastic? Well, I think how, it is. How fantastic, yeah. how fantastic. Now, Brendan, when did you first join Rotary? I'm pretty sure it was 1974. Um, it could be checked because I was a charter member of the Narry Warren Rotary Club. In those days, Ian, it was uh, an honour to be invited to join Rotary. And I felt really excited when I was asked whether I would be prepared to be a Rotarian. And uh, these days things are a little bit different, but in, in those days, membership of a Rotary Club was something very special. Uh, it was, and to some degree uh, it, it still is. Uh, it's certainly something that the younger people today like to put on their CV. Uh, we're aware of that currently, that younger people who are joining the club, and uh, my club is Glen Ferry, as you well know, because you joined Glen Ferry uh, eventually, but uh, it's certainly something that they really enjoy putting down that they're part of Rotary, putting back into the community, which is good, isn't it? Well, it is, but that part of it actually worries me in as much as the younger people want to have it on their CV that they're a part of a Rotary club and a Rotary organisation. But I do think that the, the ideals of Rotary is service above self. And I think in lots of cases, the younger generation are putting themselves and using Rotary. Yes, they can be doing that. Uh, it's important to get them making contributions to projects, not just putting that down on their CV. I'm a member of such and such a Rotary club, but actually doing hands-on work, which we really are encouraging, not just to put it down as a sort of an accolade, uh, but to actually do work. But Brendan, what motivated you to, to, to join Rotary? Did you do volunteer work at school that gave you that impetus? Well, at being one of five in a little country town, we were always encouraged to look after the other people in our town. They were like, they were older people. And you know, we were encouraged to contribute by going and cutting the wood and you know, helping with their gardens and doing little odd jobs and we found that we got a lot of pleasure out of it. Yeah, that I think the pleasure was a lot better than the effort. A, a very interesting, and it, is, it always has been to me, that a lot of country communities are closer and more involved in their immediate community uh, than in some of the larger towns. Country communities have a, a way of joining together and working together and doing projects together. And of course, as you well know with your history in Rotary, uh, country Rotary clubs are very, very strong in terms of their participation. Yes, that is right. Country people automatically 
look after each other. Brendan, I know you're currently not a Rotarian, but maybe you'll come back into the fold one day. We'll be able to convince you to, to, to do that. But I know you're a very much of a friend of Rotary, but your main community work now is working for an organisation called Disaster Aid Australia. Can you tell our listeners uh, when Disaster Aid Australia was formed? and what it was first involved with. Yes, Ian, Disaster Aid Australia was formed by the Rotary Club of Endeavour Hills in 2010. Initially, it was a, an aid organisation that provided pre-packaged boxes of aid materials called family survival packs. So when there would, would be a disaster, we would provide a pack which would include a tent, blankets, tools, multi-fuel stove, cooking equipment, chlorine tablets, and any other thing that we thought that was necessary. But what we found as time went on, that we were offering things that they probably didn't need. So we have a, in our program, we have what we call DARTs, their disaster aid response team. So what we decided to do was that before we sent any aid, we would get these darts to go in and come back and tell us what was required and that changed the way we're thinking now. Which is vitally important because we're aware I know in Rotary that you can be over overly keen and plough in a lot of clothing and and some of it just doesn't get used because it's the wrong it's the wrong equipment for the wrong the wrong reasons that's been putting in there that, that, that they put it in there for. That's very important so they go in and assess the actual needs for that particular event, that disaster. Yes, they do. And the first thing I think we should clear up is that when there is a disaster, disaster organisations can't just turn up and say, here we are. The government of that country have got to invite you to be part of their recovery. And what Disaster Aid Australia does, we, when we're invited in, the first thing we do is make contact with the local Rotary. And once we've made contact with the ro local Rotary Club, then we'll send in our darts. And if I could give you an example of how things changed is that when the disaster they had with those terrible typhoons or cyclones in Vanuatu some years back, our darts went over and they found out what the people wanted and they needed really to stay on their block of land because they were all squatters. So as soon as they moved off their block of land, some other family would move in. So they didn't want to take our tents and the likes. They wanted building material. So what we ended up doing, we bought a mobile sawmill. And, Clever thinking. And we found out that's what they wanted. They wanted building materials. We wanted them to be part of it. We taught them how to use the sawmill. They had plenty of timber because all the trees were bowled over and they started building their own houses. Then we bought the roofing iron and that, and that's just an example of what was required there. But what we have found is that the first thing that's always required is water. Right, uh, I think this is absolutely key. So you've gone away from providing those, those packs, those kits with the, the stoves, the tents, or is that still part of the well, region? Well, that, that would be part of it if that's what was needed, but we're finding that that's not what's needed. And not only that, if it was needed, there are other organisations that can provide that. Very interesting. So it's very, very particular in what you provide for a particular disaster. And it's cleverly assessed, obviously, by those DART teams that go in. Yes, they are really, really important to us. But nearly, I would say, 99% of the time, the first thing they do is come back as that water is a problem. Right. Well, what I'd like to do is just take a little break now. We're going to play some music. And when we come back, I'd like to talk more with you about some of the actual project that you were doing 
and uh, you have a very interesting name for how you provide water, so I'd like to talk about that to you when we come back. Welcome back, this is 94.1 FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and we're back talking with Brendan Rice, a former Rotarian, but still a very good friend of Rotary, and a man who walks the talk, who does so much for an organisation supported by Rotary called Disaster Aid Australia. And before the break, Brendan, we were talking about one of the key necessities that Disaster Aid Australia is involved with. You send in your darts teams to assess what is needed. But one of the key areas that you found that is most needed when you go into these areas is water. How do you go about providing water? Initially, when we go into a disaster area, we provide soya filters. Now, they're a small filter that you can carry in your hand. You can get into the country with them very quickly. We could, our darts could take a suitcase full of them. And those soya filters have the capacity to provide 1,000 litres of contaminated water to clean water every day. So initially, we would go into a little village and we would provide as many soya filters as are required for that little village. And that would get the people having fresh, clean water immediately. Because in most areas where there's been disasters, water is contaminated. Once we get that established and the people have got fresh water, then we install what we call a sky juice filter. This filter will provide 10,000 litres of contaminated water to clean water every day. In doing that, Brilliant. what we try and do is to make it, it's not a handout but a hand up, where we encourage the local people to be part of the program. And what's needed is we need to build a tank stand and put a tank on that, which will take in the contaminated water. We need a one metre fall to the filter, and that filter will provide clean water 10,000 litres per day, which in only needs the most simple way of cleaning it, so the locals can be taught how to do that. And really what it is, is just turn two taps, reverse the, the way the water, the water initially comes in from the bottom, it's forced up because of the, the fall of the, from the tank to the, the filter, forced up and it comes out clean water. We reverse the flow, there's a handle there which they move two or three times one way, they pour water back in, it flushes out the, the filter and it's ready to go again. And that filter is expected to be able to run for at least 10 years. Now, some of them have been running for five or six years and they're as, as new. So they, they may go for a lot it's longer. It's a brilliant in. concept. It is a Wh brilliant concept. Where was this machine invented? When was it invented? Well, it, it was invented by a fellow in Queensland. His name of all names is Rhett Butler. Really fantastic. That's a famous name. It is a before famous. Before he even invented it. It's a famous name. Anyway, <laughs> Rhett provided this um, filter and he works closely with us. And he gives us a very good deal on buying the filters. And I should tell you what they cost. To install the filter where we do all the work, it costs $5,000. If we can get the local people to contribute, do the building of it, we can do it for about $3,400. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant. The componentry for this, do you have to ship it up or can you carry it up in various little little uh, parts? Well, when, when we our darts go over 
they can carry them. But you know, they can only carry, say, two as yes. a maximum. Yes. But we ship them out to the disaster. But initially, you know, each DART will carry a couple of sky juice filters with them. And Brendan, what are some of the projects uh, with which Disaster Aid Australia is, is currently involved? I take it it's it's mainly when there's a, an event that's just occurred, but uh, are there any other projects where you've been involved for a longer term because things aren't still right in terms of clear water and clean water? Yes, Ian, and that's interesting because Disaster Aid's mission statement, we call it Smart Aid. And so we, we try to say we're trying to be smart by doing what our darts tell us is required. And we have as our mission statement that any child in the world that has, has to drink contaminated water is a disaster. And as such, we've been fully involved in providing these sky-juiced water filters to schools in outback areas in Bhutan, India, Myanmar, Colombia and Bali. So it's not just a matter of sending it in one hit and things are cleaned up and the disaster passes and you're out of there. These units are more permanently settled in those areas, providing ongoing clean water. Yes, and what we're trying to promote through Rotary is that we would come to, to your Rotary Club and encourage your Rotary Club to buy a filter and we will tell you where that filter will be and it'll be installed in some little outback school out in Bhutan, for example, and it would have this filter was paid for and by the Rotary Club of Glenferry. So your Rotarians could go over there and they could see where their donations were. Very proudly gone. installed. Yes. They're very proudly installed. Uh, Brendan, what future areas, and I, and I understand what you're saying in terms of the darts people going in and determining what is the essential prerequisite uh, that, that, that is required uh, for, for aid, but what future areas may Disaster Aid Australia be likely to be involved with it. Uh, you've got, you, you've told told us about the packs that you started with initially, yep. the stoves and the and the implements to eat, etc., etc. Uh, now it's this sky hydrant, this sky juice provider. But what else are you likely to be able to, to provide? Are there any new things on the horizon that seem to be coming up? Uh, as maybe a second option after darts have been into a location. Well, not really, Ian. What we believe that water, contaminated water, is a worldwide problem. And Rotary were very, very successful in eradicating polio. Now, our real main aim would be that this project is taken up worldwide and as a Rotary organisation, they take it on themselves as a project to provide clean water to every child in the world. It's such a fine aim and, of course, it's really part of what uh, Rotary focuses on. It's a key focus. Water and sanitation is a key area of what Rotary does. Brendan, how can our listeners, both in Rotary and not yet in Rotary, find out more about Disaster Aid Australia and how can they help right away? Well, Disaster Aid Australia has a website and that could be looked up, disasteraidaustralia.org.au. We have a Facebook site, www.facebook backslash Disaster Aid Australia. You can also talk to our administration lady, Jan Burney, and she's at Disaster Aid Australia. 
in their offices in New Memory. And you could email Jan on admin at disasteraidaustralia.org.au. And all this, I take it, is on the website that they can go to. Just type in Disaster Aid Australia and they'll get all this contact information. They, they, they can. And we, we have another project which we are trying to get started where we are offering a, t- a tour of Bhutan at priced at $6,450 per person twin share. And that includes your airfares. And then you go to Bhutan and have a, have a guided tour through that area and you will see the work that's done. And if you had donated a, a sky hydrant, you could go and see your sky hydrant in action. And you'll get the bonus of that is you'll get a tax receipt for $5,000 per donation per couple. That is a most interesting involvement to see the outcomes in that country. And that's a kingdom, isn't it? The kingdom of Bhutan. Uh, I've heard a lot about it. Some people regard it as fairly isolated. But it's wonderful uh, that Disaster Aid Australia is working in such a a remote area. And did I get to climb Tiger's Nest? Well, (laughs) I'm not sure what you can climb, Ian. It's up to you. I I certainly wouldn't be climbing much. That is a very, very high hill or or mountain to climb, but very, very interesting. And I've heard a lot about it. But... uh, uh, Brendan, what you are doing is, uh, is just uh, fabulous and Disaster Aid Australia is a marvellous organisation and to think that Disaster Aid Australia is helping a tiny remote area like Bhutan to provide clean water and all those other areas that you mentioned where clean water is being provided, not just on a, a once-in, one-hit disaster basis but where you're going in and being permanently uh, involved and engrossed in the community, I think it's just uh, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the Rotary Radio Show. Um, and I'm so pleased that you've given our listeners an opportunity to, to go into the website, Disaster Aid Australia, and find out more about the things that you're doing and how they may help, which is very, very important. Uh, you, Brendan, and Disaster Aid Australia deserve enormous praise and gratitude. And listeners, just to give you uh, a repeated statement, Rotary supports Disaster Aid Australia very strongly. Rotary was the genesis through Endeavour Hills, correct, Brendan? Yes. It was the genesis of Disaster Aid Australia and the work that it's doing. So thank you so much for joining us, Brendan Rice. There's one thing I forgot to tell you. Will you tell us right now before right. we finish? The one thing that really made me get involved with Disaster Aid Australia is that it's all, all the members of Disaster Aid Australia, with the except, exception of our, our admin staff, are volunteers. The other part that really uh, I appreciated was that out of every dollar that's donated, 80% or 80 cents in every dollar goes direct to the cause. We can only, in our constitution, take 20 cents in every dollar for admin and advertising. That's very, very significant because you do hear of organisations today that have far more involved Uh, with uh, administrative requirements. So that is a most uh, impressive figure. And Rotary uh, is uh, very supportive of that ideal as well as you know in terms of the way it runs itself. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Please come back at some time and give us an update on some of the projects you are doing. Uh, And uh, we'll certainly take cognizance of the fact that you are all volunteers and listeners, that's vitally important. Like Rotarians, those working on Disaster Aid Australia, are volunteers and importantly the majority of those people are hands-on and that's vitally important. So Brendan Rice thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me Ian. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick 
of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. More podcasts can be found on iTunes by typing into your browser Rotary Radio Doing Good in Victoria or alternatively by going to the Rotary District 9800 website at www.rotarydistrict9800.org.au and clicking on Rotary Radio.